Uh, the things you should never, ever say when you're recording a podcast. So I'm definitely going to have to edit that out because... We're not supposed to? I don't know. Like There's some things that we're not allowed to say. There are some things, and I've learned this the hard way. There are some things that we're not allowed to say, which is the um, theme now, of... Is this like your wife doesn't like you saying it, or is this like society in general? Well, that's the, that's the whole point of this episode, isn't it? Because the title of this week's episode, which is recorded on February 18th, 2022... Podcasting is an act of violence against the establishment. And I'm not sure. I, how, where can I find the sarcasm font? I got to try and find the sarcasm font. <laughs> you know what? Maybe we should make one. Maybe we should make a sarcasm font. The, the Fedora Chronicles sarcasm font. Exactly. It'll catch on. Exactly. And of course, people are like dinging me. Oh, okay. Hey, of course. One of our. Oh, and. um. Three things, three things before we actually get revved up and started here um, across mm -hmm. the desk and across the country is world famous rum connoisseur and taster Jason Cousino. And me, I'm Eric Render King Fisk, my kid's mom. I mean, no, wait a minute. No, that's Laura Schlesinger. I'm sorry. No, I'm my kid's dad and my my uh, my wife's husband. And as the, the government will like to call me someday soon, the defendant <laughs> or, or, or the accused. So right. anyway, um, special shout out to all of our Patreons or all of our Patreon members. Uh, they are the ones who are really helping us keep this podcast afloat. Uh, they're really, really helping us out in more ways than one, not just financially, but emotionally. And I really appreciate them. And if you would like to become a Fedora Chronicles super fan, it's really sort of super easy and it's really cheap. Um, it's only a dollar a month over at patreon.com slash Fedora Chronicles. And if you contribute five dollars a month at the end of the year, we will send you your choice of exclusive Fedora Chronicles products. That we are going to have up on the server. Sometimes you can buy them yourself through Zazzle. But if you'd like us to gift you one five dollars a month for 12 months and we will send you your choice of these selected products. It's a it's a win 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 for everybody. You get to uh, support something that I consider even better than national public radio. We won't send you a cheesy tote bag unless you want one. We'll send you a tote bag if you want one with a Fedora Chronicles logo on it. And you get exclusive looks behind the scenes in making the podcast. And I will also be putting up special articles about behind the scenes and observations about life in general that drive me crazy. Things that I can't publish for public consumption on the Fedora Chronicles main site. So with that said, while Jay and I are talking about this, I want you guys to keep this in mind. Like I said, the title of this episode of the podcast is Podcasting as an Act of Violence Against the Establishment. Keep in mind that Julian Assange is being held without trial indefinitely. In part, thanks to the NDAA. Is, am I saying this right? 
the NDAA 2012 that was signed into the law the last day of the year by Barack Obama, President Barack Obama in Hawaii. Whereas it's like he couldn't have waited any longer to sign this before it became law. Um, well, go ahead, Jack. Kind of makes you wonder if he was hoping people wouldn't associate it with him. Exactly. Um, so while we're having this conversation, Julian Assange, WikiLeaks founder, is still being held without due process. Edward Snowden, who was one of the people who looked into what was going on behind the curtain in the NSA, grabbed all of these documents that proved that the NSA is actually, not only are they spying on us and gathering metadata about us, but they have these storage facilities with all of our information, all of our browsing history, every, 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 everything that we do online, a history of everything that we do online, saved in these facilities all over the United States, if not the rest of the world. We know of at least two facilities out there where they're, yeah. key, where they're storing this information. This is not a crazy conspiracy theory. This is a conspiracy fact. This is the reason why Edward Snowden is still on the, I guess, is he on the run or, or is he, he's, he's still. Well, he, he's in exile. He's in exile. I think it'd be the most accurate way of putting it. That's the most accurate way of putting it. And a lot of other podcasters have already talked about this issue. Um, namely, Jimmy Dore on the Jimmy Dore show. What a coincidence. He has a show named after him. And Brett Weinstein's Dark Horse podcast. And in episode 115, don't say anything at all. They specifically talk about these new provisions that have been put through by the DHS Department of Homeland Security. I sent links to Jason and Jason's reaction was was perfect. Ba J what Jason had basically said. Um, and he said this <laughs> on Wednesday, 4.56 p.m. Uh, between this and what's happening in Canada, this is our version of 1936 Germany. What would make yeah. what would make Jason say that? Because it's really well, not funny. Let's see. First of all, there's um, we need to get people to understand that there is now a new agency in the government called the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, or CISA, right? The CISA. Yep. Okay. And CISA has a MDM policy, I guess, because yeah. it doesn't say what the hell it is. So reading from the CISA.gov page on MDM, MIS-DIS malinformation. CISA's MIS-DIS and malinformation MDM team is charged with building national resilience to MDM and foreign influence activities. Through these efforts, CISA helps the American people understand the scope and scale of MDM activities targeting elections and critical infrastructure and enables them to take actions to mitigate associated risks. The MDM team was formerly known as the Countering Foreign Influence Task Force, or the CFITF. So MDM is a lot sexier than CFITF. Yep. Right? Because CFITF sounds like something you get a shot to clear up. So the announcements on this page, February 17th, 2022, so yesterday, 
In partnership with the FBI, CISA released the security resources for the election infrastructure subsector. The document offers a summary of resources available across the federal government to assist state, local, territorial, and tribal SLTT, that's a rather unfortunate acronym, election officials and their private sector partners in responding to threats to personnel and guidance on assessing and mitigating risks to their physical assets. So you can download and share the security resource for election infrastructure subsector. And then there's the election security library link. January 31st of this year, so a little, little less than three weeks ago, CISA released a set of four election security training videos to enhance the awareness and importance of securing the nation's election infrastructure. The training videos provide overview of CISA's role in election security, the importance of building public trust through secure practices, the risks associated with ransomware and resources to mitigate them, and the risks associated with phishing and resources to combat them. Now, that actually sounds pretty good until you remember that this is the agency that's in charge of mis, dis, and malinformation. Oh, geez. So this isn't about making our elections more secure. It's making sure that people are talking about them properly. Right. We want to make sure that everybody has the correct opinion, Jason. That's really, it's okay. That's right. It's okay that you have your own opinion as long as it's the correct opinion. Right. Exactly. Not the right opinion, because when you think of the word right, you think of conservative or Republican. We're talking about the correct opinion, Jason. Exactly. And January 27th of 2022, so a little over three weeks ago, the Election Infrastructure Government Coordinating Council, or GCC, and the Subsector Coordinating Council, SCC, Joint Misdisinformation Working Group released the Rumor Control Page Startup Guide Uh and the MDM Planning and Incident Response Guide for Election Officials as voluntary tools to assist state and local election officials to prepare for and respond to risks of MDM. So basically, they created the GCC and the SCC to help the sluts respond to MDM. I got that and pretty. You can download, share your rumor control page startup guide mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and your MDM planning and incident response guide for election officials. So, this is now the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency now has a policy, much like Facebook and Twitter. If you're saying the wrong thing, they have a policy on how to deal with it. And I bet that policy involves keeping track of who's saying what. Exactly. So just out of curiosity, I'm going to download the rumor control page startup guide. By the way, be careful on some of the things that you click on because you will be invited to take part in a survey because I I clicked on a couple of things and this thing popped up and I'll have the screenshot up on the show page for podcasting. Government is now using pop ups. Yep, that's fucking wonderful. So the rumor control page startup guide defines misinformation. Misinformation is false, but not created or shared with the intention of causing harm. Information is is deliberately created to mislead, harm, or manipulate a person, social group, organization, or country. And malinformation is based on facts, 
but used out of context to mislead, harm, or manipulate. So the rumor control page is a webpage offers a public accurate and authoritative sources of information. Okay, those two are mutually exclusive. Accurate does not mean authoritative, and authoritative does not mean accurate. Authoritative means it's coming from us and government approved. We are now living in 1980s Russia. Our government now has the same sort of policies that 1980s Russia did. To my knowledge, we haven't created a gulag. We don't send people to the Siberian front. I think well, we don't know if well. they did, though, would probably be in Alaska. Well, would the, be my guess. That's that one of the biggest problems that I have with all of this is that the people who were talking about FEMA camps and how FEMA camps don't exist... That's been a rumor that's been going around for about, I can say, at least 20 years now. Yeah. And I, I don't know if whether or not they actually exist. And I, I, I don't want to get off on the that particular part of the, that particular. Highway, yeah. yeah, I don't want to get down that beaded path yet because we're already going down one rabbit hole. I'm not sure that's like we have time for a second one here. Yeah. So what so we've we've talked about what is MDM? Now, the question is, well, everyone keeps saying so the, the question in everyone's mind is, so what? They've got a policy on how to deal with rumors to which we now go to the Department of Homeland Security page. Yep. And the DHS, Department of Homeland Security, My issues friends. a National Terrorism Advisory Bulletin or NTAS. So this is dated February 7th. Yep. Today, Secretary of Homeland Security Alejandro N. Mayorkas issued a National Terrorism Advisory System bulletin regarding the continued heightened threat environment across the United States. This is the fifth NTAS bulletin issued by the DHS since January of 2021, and it replaces the current bulletin that was set to expire tomorrow. DHS remains committed to proactively sharing timely information, blah, blah, blah. So the second paragraph is basically them reminding everyone the importance of the NTAS. The third one goes into why this has been issued. The United States remains in a heightened threat environment fueled by several factors, including an online environment filled with false or misleading narratives and conspiracy theories and other forms of mis, dis, and malinformation, MDM introduced and or amplified by foreign or dom and domestic threat actors. These threat actors seek to exacerbate societal friction, to sow discord and undermine public trust in government institutions, to encourage unrest, which could potentially inspire acts of violence. Mass casualty attacks and other acts of targeted violence conducted by lone offenders and small groups acting in furtherance of ideological beliefs and or personal grievances pose an ongoing threat to the nation. Uh oh. While the conditions underlying the heightened threat landscape have not significantly changed over the last year, the convergence of the following factors has increased the volatility, predictability, and complexity of the threat environment. One, the proliferation of false or misleading narratives which sow discord or undermine public trust in government institutions. Two, continued calls for violence directed at U.S. critical infrastructure, soft targets, and mass gatherings, institutions such as churches, synagogues, and mosques, institutions of higher education, racial and religious minorities, government facilities and personnel, including law enforcement and the military, the media, and perceived ideological opponents, 
and calls three calls for by foreign terrorist organizations for attacks in the United States based on recent events. Have no problem with one or one and two, or with numbers two and three, excuse me. But I have a major problem with number one. It is ironic that they named that as number one, considering this policy is a direct violation of the First Amendment. You have a right to proliferate false or misleading narratives that so discord and undermine public trust in government institutions. You have that right. The government cannot act against you for doing that. This policy on the Department of Homeland Security and CISA, this MDM policies, are direct violations of your First Amendment rights. This is the thought police that everyone said could not happen in the United States. Specifically, I'm talking about the people who in the 90s were saying that because people like Rush Limbaugh were saying they're going after the thought police. That's what political correctness is. Congratulations. We now have the thought police. Now we have the thought police. Because the thing is, is that what is disinformation? Disinformation, I think, is in the eye of the beholder. Um, like I, I have all of these, <laughs> all of right. these well, documents the, open and it was just like misinformation is false, but not created or shared with the intention of causing harm. Now, the last episode you and I did the darkest side of the moon, we were talking about right. how there might be ancient artifacts on the moon or evidence of ancient civilizations that made it to the moon. Sure. Now, the thing is, is that some people can look at that and say, well, that's misinformation, but it's not created or shared with the intention of causing harm. It's it's a form of infotainment. Everything on the paranormal post is for entertainment purposes only, I guess. And it's like it's it's to inform and entertain. I think that there is something out there that is beyond our comprehension. And I should hope that there is. Right. I'm, And I do not mean by any stretch of the imagination to cause harm talking about the paranormal. Well, we don't ever intend to cause harm. We cause we have a, an intent to get people to understand what is going on in our environment. You know, even when we're talking about the news, like, for example, this. Yes. You could very well say that our concern with MDM is because they're going to come after us because that's what it is. That's exactly what it is. What you and I have discussed in the past is it's a matter of time before they come for us. We know we're on watch lists. Congratulations. Now you know <laughs> yeah. the watch lists that we're on and the reason why they now can justify having us on there. Let's not also forget that we're nothing special. We are just a, a two guys on a, um, quote, conservative, quote, unquote, podcast. We're not we weren't conservative or right wing when we were pointing out all awful things that um, Donald Trump was doing and things that we didn't agree with. And I, I made fun of the way he talked for about maybe five years when right. we were when we were when we were doing this podcast. Yep. OK. We didn't give the, we didn't give him a break. And we were talking about how if you really wanted to go after him, if you were really serious about getting him out of office, look at the violations of the emolument clause 
with the emolument right. clauses. Okay. As soon as we start talking about how Joe Biden has dementia and he's demented and he's corrupt. Now, all of a sudden, we're right wing again. We're right wing extremists because we wanted to talk about the disinformation back in October of 2020 about Hunter Biden's laptop. If you wanted to talk about how you can't talk about the New York Post and their coverage of what was on Hunter Biden's laptop, you would and you did get suspended for at least 12 hours. We were suspended for 12 hours because we posted a link to the episode of our podcast where we talked about how you can't talk about Hunter Biden's laptop that was turned over to the FBI and Rudy Giuliani. That was considered dangerous disinformation. Meanwhile, Hunter Biden, this crackhead, is on CBS Sunday morning talk about um, smoking bits of Parmesan cheese that he found in his shag carpet because he was so desperate for a hit after the election. Now, if I were to talk about how Hunter Biden was smoking Parmesan cheese because there's a chance it might be crack cocaine, that would have been considered disinformation. Now that his uh, Papa Biden is now in office, now it's fair game. Now we can talk about how he's an addict and how his behavior was inappropriate. But this is the kind of behavior that you would expect from an, a- from an addict. Now it's okay to talk about how he sold access to his dad's office and there go Obama's office as president of the United States when he was working for this Ukraine power company, gas company called Burisma. And the thing people need to remember is we're phrasing it as access to his father's office. There's another word for that that is used in legal parlance. It's called corruption. It's called corruption. And I I don't know and I don't care what you think about Barack Obama. I don't care if you think that he's corrupt or not. In this instance, the fact that Hunter Biden got a job where he was paid thousands of dollars each month because he had a direct access to his father who was also the point man on U.S. policy in the Ukraine. If I said that sentence before the election, according to these new standards and guidelines by the federal government, that's either disinformation, deliberately created to mislead, harm, or manipulate a person, social group, organization, or country, meaning specifically the election, or malinformation. Now, that would be that would be malinformation because it's based on fact, but used out of context to mislead, harm or manipulate. It all depends on when you say it and who it hurts when you say it. Exactly. And again, it's based on who is hurt by it. Right. So continuing on the the DHS.gov page. DHS and the FBI continue to share timely and actionable information and intelligence with the broadest audience audience possible. This includes sharing information and intelligence with our partners across every level of government and in the private sector. Under the Biden-Harris administration, DHS is prioritizing combating all forms of terrorism and targeted violence, including through its efforts to support 
the first ever national strategy for countering domestic terrorism. Since January 2021, DHS has taken several steps in this regard, including establishing a new domestic terrorism branch within Department of Homeland Security's Office of Intelligence and Analysis, dedicated to producing sound, timely intelligence needed to counter domestic terrorism-related threats. Launched the Center for Prevention Programs and Partnerships, or CP3, not to be confused with C3PO, to provide communities with resources and tools to help prevent individuals from radicalizing to violence. Designated domestic violent extremism as a national priority area within DHS's Homeland Security grant program for the first time, resulting in at least $77 million being spent on preventing, preparing for, protecting against, and responding to related threats nationwide provided $180 million in funding to support targeted target hardening and other physical security enhancements to nonprofit organizations at high risk of terrorist attack through DHS's nonprofit security grant program. Increased efforts to identify and evaluate MDM, including false or misleading narratives and conspiracy theories spread on social media and other online platforms that endorse violence and enhance collaboration with public and private sector partners, including U.S. critical infrastructure owners and operators to better protect our cyber and physical infrastructure and increase the nation's cybersecurity through the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, or CISA. So what this means is that what we are telling you when we talk about the issues with the vaccine, we are now considered by the Department of Homeland Security and the FBI through the MDM policies of CISA. We are now considered domestic terrorists. We are not encouraging violence. We do not endorse violence. We have always not endorsed violence. We have always spoken out against violence. We don't care who's doing the quote-unquote protest. Yes. For example, when we were talking about we briefly mentioned the Freedom Convoy in Canada. We, as they start blocking traffic, now they're going in the wrong direction. They're doing the wrong thing, right? Yeah. And that's not even really violent. That's just interrupting daily commerce. You cannot do that. I don't care how much I agree with what it is you're saying. You do not have the right to prevent any random person on the street going from point A to point B to push your point across. And that's where, in my opinion, the convoy is going wrong. Yes. Don't block traffic. Let people go about their daily business. Drive down the fucking road with your signs on your big-ass trucks and tell people how you believe. That's the right way to protest. Preventing someone from using an off-ramp is not the right way to protest. No. And, and that's not even violence. We do not endorse violence. But then again, these are the same people who would stand in front of a building, a burning federal building and tell you that this is not representative of the majority of the protest. And then when you see people taking selfies sitting on Nancy Pelosi's desk, tell you that that's a disgusting display of violence against the government. It is. So their definition of violence is very mutable. They are going to change what they determine violence at any point in time. The very fact that if we say words like stand up against the government, now we're endorsing violence. 
That was what the second impeachment of Donald Trump was about. Never mind the fact that the people who are impeaching him for saying you've got to stand up against the bullies, those people who are accusing him that of being sedition were actively saying, I don't know why more cities aren't burning. That's apparently not an inducement to violence. So it's extremely subjective. It depends on who's committing the act of violence and whether right. or not that's okay by the establishment. Whereas it's, right. it's the okay. establishment agrees to it. And let's be honest, when we say the establishment, let's stop mincing words. We're talking about the Democrat Party. Neither one of us are registered Republicans. We no. have a lot of problems with the Republican Party. A lot but of problems. right now, the Republican policy is not designating you and I as being domestic terrorists. Not yet anyway. Not yet anyway. Let's let's see what happens when the script is flipped and there's another Republican right. in office and we start criticizing this. But therein lies therein lies the problem. You and I both know that the parenthetical our president that's coming in next, whether next is 2024 or 2028, the parenthetical our president that comes in is not going to do away with the MDM. Oh, no, they're going to use it to their advantage. Right. This is the thing. That's where that's where the problem comes in with this. I remember this having is fascism people. Oh, this is our Canada. The friendly hat of the United States is now seizing the assets of people who are protesting. Granted, the protests went a step too far, in my opinion. They started blocking traffic. However, Justin Trudeau didn't say that you're going too far and we will have to take drastic measures. No, he proposed that the Supreme Chancellor, excuse me, Prime Minister, get execu emergency executive powers. So right now, Canada is a dictatorship. That's what the emergency executive powers are. He can seize assets, take property. That's what seize assets mean, take property. Freeze bank accounts, seize your money. That's what the Nazis did to the Jews in Germany. It wasn't even just the Jews either. It was the communists, it was the homosexuals, and it was the nonconformists. But yes, right. they did all the they, people that they, disagreed with them. all the anybody who disagrees with the party. Right. Anybody who That's what Justin Trudeau is doing. That is what the President of the United States is thinking is a good thing. Justin Trudeau was lamenting on in a public interview about how a dictatorship can really con has a lot of fine control over the country, and he admires that. His words, not mine. Canada. Justin Trudeau is a dictator in the making, and he has just taken his first step, first step towards seizing power. And anyone who is not speaking out against him is tacitly approving of him doing that. I realize I'm saying some strong statements here, but I agree with them. I'm saying something yeah. that I understand. And I'm saying something that I agree with. And this is how the United States loses freedom. Anyone out there who's saying, well, we have to control the misinformation, reread the First Amendment. Well, and here's the other thing. Fact, here, here's the other aspect of this. And I want to really sort of interject here. Who's defining terrorism? Who is the one who is defining who and what is a terrorist? And you and I have had this conversation going back as early as September 2001, a couple of short days after the terrorist attacks. Mm -hmm. George, Her George W. Bush and Dick Cheney 
And a couple other people said, hey, we have this thing called the Patriot Act. Maybe now would be a good time to enact it. And I said, that sounds like a great idea until we run out of terrorists. Right. Once we start, when we run out of Islamic terrorists here in the United States, what's going to happen then? And I remember our conservative friends were like, oh, but Eric, don't you understand? We got to get these people before they do this again. Right. What? That's when we were starting get, starting to get called liberals. It's the craziest thing. Right. And, and, and you know what? To be honest with you, you and I are liberals. The classical definition of liberal as in freedom. And, and any act by any party to infringe upon our right to say and do things is anti-liberal. You're going to give the government emergency executive powers to go after people who are Islamic terrorists here in the country who are planning another September 11th, 2001 style attack. Okay, yeah, that's great. But then what? What happened? Well, the problem comes in is that the there's already things that are laws that are enacted that exactly are that are against that kind of thing. We already have laws that make that illegal. It's the same argument I have with gun control. We already murder is already you, you can't make it more illegal if they do it with a gun. It's already against the law, right? What they're using to commit murder is incidental and not causal. So you telling me that it's worse if someone gets shot rather than they get beat to death with someone's bare hands, I'm looking at you askance because you're fucked in the head. Now, when we look at misinformation, disinformation, malinformation, when we look at the MDM guide, I want you to remember this. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press, or of the right of the people peacefully to assemble and to petition the government for redress of grievances, wherein Congress shall make no law abridging the freedom of speech, makes this okay. That's a tough one, Jay. I'm entitled to lie to you. I can make up the worst possible shit. And as long as I'm not exciting you to violence, or inciting you to violence, or enticing you to violence, I can say anything I fucking want. I can say... That Joe Biden is having sex with all of the children in his family and they have an orgy every Sunday night. I can say that and I have a right to say that. Now, I understand that that is likely not true. Right. But I can say that I have a right to lie about anyone and anything. Yes. Now, am I saying it for the intent to do harm? Not physical harm. I just want the bastard out of office. Right. I don't like the bastard. I don't like it. I don't like the way he conducts himself. I don't like the way he has done his job in the past half a goddamn century. I don't like that he is the president of the United States. And so you're my entitled saying to say that, that. Is that right? Is that not me exercising my freedom of speech? Is that not the right of my right to petition the government for redress of grievances? I have a right to say that. They do not have a right to label it, call, call it MDM, call it MGM. I don't give a fuck. You don't have a right to tell me I am not allowed to say something. The government does not have that right. They are prohibited in the First Amendment from using that right or creating that as a right for themselves. Yet they have. 
this is unconstitutional. The MDM policy is unconstitutional, period. End of story. Hey, thanks for another great episode of the Fedora Chronicles radio show's <laughs> News of the Week with Jason Cousineau, everybody. Um, I got to be careful how I say that because I don't want people to like, hey, we still have a- another half of the show to do. Don't tune out yet. Um, right. Here's the other wrinkle to all of this. One of the things we were also going to talk about, and this is the thing that drives me crazy about doing a weekly podcast. Okay, I wish we could do it twice weekly. I wish we had enough cabbage coming in so we could do this every day. I wish we could do a daily show because earlier this week or last Friday, last Friday, just before the end of the weekend, John Dunham or John Durnham released a report. What's that? Dunham. Dunham. Take a shot. Take two shots. (laughs) Okay. That there is more than enough evidence to prove that everything that Trump was saying about how he was being spied on was actually true. He was actually yep. being spied on. There's, there, there's no denying this now. You can't say that there isn't any evidence of that when John Durnham, Dunham. huh? Dunham. Dunham. John Dunham. I, why am I having a problem with this? Because I I haven't because Carol and I swore off drinking until um, St. Patrick's Day. I I have no excuse. That was your first. That was your first mistake. I'm trying to see how much weight I could lose between now and then, so we can see if I can fit into that leprechaun outfit that she bought for me on (laughs) (laughs) on Victoria's Secret for Him website. Um, People thought that it was crazy for Trump to say that he was being spied on and and that his his own personal servers were hacked he sounded nuts he sounded crazy and it turns out well also let's point out the speaking as an it professional the irony of the fact that the woman who had her own server that she was storing top secret information on paying someone to hack into someone else's private server that's like a joke that's that's actually pretty damn funny on the one hand, she's saying it was secure and has no problem, while on the other hand, she's actively hacking into someone else who can afford a much better security program than she can. Yeah, because one of the other things that we've covered was the attack on Benghazi on September 11th, 2011. Yep. And we were all talking about the, the her emails. And the thing is, is like... If her emails weren't such a big deal, why did she destroy her own email server? Why did she right. why did she take a hammer to her own hard drive on her own server that she had hidden in the bathroom? Now let's let's be honest, she probably wasn't the one that took the hammer to it, but she told someone to do it. Or someone did it in acting on her behalf and in her best interest. Let's just say just for the sake of argument. Obviously, either she did it herself or she had somebody do it. I like the idea. I like the image of my head. Yes. Of this angry, frustrated, bitchy woman. Hillary Clinton in her granny nightgown with a, with a bathrobe and fuzzy pink slippers on, taking a sledgehammer to a server that's in the bathroom. <laughs> okay. That's, that's a mental image that's going to linger. <laughs> Is her hair in curlers or not? Oh, of course. Okay. Come on. on. All right. And she's got the little plastic 
hoodie thing that goes over the curlers. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> and Bill's standing in the in a circa 1970s smoking jacket, like some sort of deranged <laughs> Hugh Hefner, going, you go, baby, you go. Oh, I like that. Keep going. <laughs> this visual image, I'm, I'm, te- I'm telling you something. It's like, Carol's going to like wonder, like, what's what's the problem with my erectile dysfunction this weekend? <laughs> oh, my God, because I, I, I have a, a, this image of Hillary Clinton without any makeup with her hair up and curlers wearing a freaking moo-moo. <laughs> yeah, that would kill it. That would kill oh, any, any amorous inclinations you might have. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And how am I going to get it back? Oh. Any, I mean, that's but, but that's that's not right. But for more than five years, this was the narrative. Now hold on a cr- second. Hold on. Let's. We're missing an opportunity here. Oh, let's. Okay. We were just telling jokes. Now, do those jokes fall under misinformation? Because what we're saying is clearly false, but it was not created or shared with the intent of causing harm. No, Jay. I can tell you this right now as a fact. I can tell you as a medical fact, I have lost any chance of having an erection this weekend with that with that visual in my head. That's a medical no, 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 fact. No, 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 no. Okay, no, I'm talking about the 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 visual itself. That's the misinformation. I'm not talking about your. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. No, no, no. no. I, I, <laughs> I, but here's the thing: How do we know that that's misinformation? How do we know that that really didn't happen? Hey, because if hey, I, Bush lied, people died. It doesn't matter. That's seven different intelligence agencies including those who politically disagree with us all agreed on that saddam hussein had weapons of mass destruction and we knew he did because we sold them to him aside from all of that the fact that we didn't find any meant that he lied after the fact sure because just because you think it's true doesn't mean you're not lying apparently according to certain people in the government and it depends on timing it depends on timing of course it does Timing is everything. But here's here's the other aspect to all of this that ought to terrify you. When is it okay to talk about the news? And when is it not okay to talk about the news? For almost two years, we've been talking about the news is going in the direction the Democrat Party likes. It's okay to talk about it when the news is not going in the direction the Democrat Party likes. It is not okay to talk with it. And the main reason why I'm using Democrat Party in this case is because they're the ones who are acting most grievously right now. The Republicans are going to take advantage of all of this shit once they get into office. Barack Obama ran on the idea that he was going to repeal the Patriot Act. And what did he do? He fucking strengthened it. Right? Well, let's... let's... And the Republicans are going to do the same fucking thing. And this is how we lose our rights. This is how we turn into a fascist nation. And then three presidents down the road... Congratulations, we're now a dictatorship. This is how it goes, people. This is how it's starting. Look at the playbook. Look at what happened in 1930s Germany. This is how freaking crazy we are. Certain opinions. This is how. Well, this is how. In, this is how insane. So predictable. It was in the First Amendment to the Constitution, which was written over 200 fucking years ago. Two over almost 250 years ago, for fuck's sake. When the ACLU agrees with the Fedora Chronicles. 
or when the Fedora Chronicles agrees with the ACLU. This is where you go and you get your rock salt and you just sprinkle it on that little spot of where hell froze over. Okay? This is from the ACLU. When was this published here? This is this is back in early, early 2012. I'm scrambling here. Why won't my mouse work, Jay? Jay, why won't my mouse work? Okay. Um, I don't know. Infinite Detention, Sorry. Endless Worldwide War, and the 2012 National Defense Authorization Act. On December 31st, 2011, President Obama signed the National Defense Authorization Act, NDAA, codifying indefinite military detention without charge or trial into law for the first time in American history. I'm warding, uh, I'm fighting off the hiccups right now. This is how excited I am. The NDAA's dangerous detention provision would authorize the president and all future presidents to order the military to pick up and indefinitely detain, indefinitely imprison people captured anywhere in the world from any battlefield. The breadth of the NDAA worldwide detention authority violates the Constitution and international law because it does not limit to people captured in actual armed combat as required by the law of war. Under the Bush administration, similar claims of worldwide detention authority were used to hold even a U.S. citizen captured on U.S. soil in military custody. And many in Congress assert that the NDAA should be used in the same way. The ACLU does not believe the NDAA authorizes military detention of American citizens or anywhere else in the United States. Any president claims of domestic military detention authority under the NDAA would be unconstitutional and illegal. Nevertheless, there is a substantial public debate around whether the NDAA could be read or even repeal the Passe Comitatus Act and authorize indefinite military detention without charge or trial within the United States. Although President Obama issued a signing statement said that he had serious reservations about the NDAA's detention provision, the statement only applies to how his administration would use them and would not affect how the law is interpreted by subsequent administrations. The provisions, which were negotiated by a small group of members of Congress in secret without proper congressional review, are inconsistent with the fundamentals of American values. Both Congress and the president need to clean up the mess that they have created. No one should live in fear of this or any future president misusing the NDAA detention authority. The NDAA detention provisions must be repealed. Under the NDAA, signed by Barack Obama on the last day of the year, 2011, it's just a little, well, it's a little more than 10 years. Over 10. It's a little more than 10 years. It's, it's, it's about 10 years and a month and a half. Under this provision, I could be arrested and not be told what the charges are. Yep. I could be I could be driving to my physical therapist's appointment. I could be pulled over. They could put a black hood over my head and detain me somewhere. And Carol wouldn't even know what the fuck happened to me. Right. They, so here's where we take a step. Right. The NDAA was written and designed to combat terrorism. 
the reason why a U.S. citizen captured on U.S. soil was put in military custody is because they were deemed to be a domestic terrorist. So now with the MDM, as used and defined by DHS, the MDM means that the secret police can come and get you or me as we're going through our day, warrant for arrest, seize us, and throw us and hold us in a prison indefinitely. How does this not bother people? Because now now the definition of what a terrorist is has been expanded. Or am I really overreading into this? And I'm and, and I'm being sensational for fun and profit. Because with everything that you've read so far today, yep. with everything that we've read so far today, and judging by how other podcasters like Jimmy Dore and Brett Weinstein have talked about this, and the other editorials that I've read about this, this means only one thing. If you spread any, quote, disinformation, and the disinformation goalpost is constantly freaking moving, yep. you, can be, you can be charged as a terrorist. Yep. By me talking about the lab leak hypothesis, and the official line is that, no, 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 this was not cooked up in a lab in China. This was, co- this, this was natural selection an evolution across the street from the lab in this wet market. Right. This is natural selection that just happened to occur 30 feet away from where they were actually playing God with a fucking deadly virus. It's just a coincidence. It doesn't bother you at all, does it? Not even remotely. Not even I'm remotely. fucking overjoyed. Podcasting could be considered an act of terrorism. If, if, and we won't even know that we crossed the line until after we cross the line. We might get some warnings. We we might get a, another visit because I mean let's let's not forget when I started publishing links to WikiLeaks and I encourage people to go to WikiLeaks and and read what what is there for yourself. You can read Hillary Clinton's emails that were leaked to WikiLeaks. You can read what the CIA has on UFOs. You I, no, I'm not isn't redacted anyway. If you wanted to, you could search WikiLeaks to see what what the government knows about ancient artifacts on the moon, I'm encouraging you to go to WikiLeaks and read for yourself those leaked documents. That could be considered an act of terrorism. By encouraging you to read these leaked linked documents, I could be committing a crime. And I was warned by two agents by the Department of Homeland Security Days after I put this article up on the server, the information is not secure. Now, I also have some other shit in my background that I'm not going to get into right now and why I I was considered so dangerous at the time. Well, that's just it, right? Depending how they publish the narrative and how they present it, you and I both, let's be honest, could be presented in a very, very unfavorable light. Again, it, in my case, it could be, you know, his ex, his ex-wife left him for a woman and that gendered a, an, a hatred of all things um, LGBT. And I mean, I could be presented in a very, very negative light, regardless of the truth, because it's all in how they spin it. Right. Yeah. How many times have has anyone watched? news stories about a murderer and are shocked that the family's standing up for the person because it's all in how they say it. 
And as long as you have the right frame of voice who's presenting <laughs> the information, you're going to believe it, right? Yeah. That's how we work. It's manipulation. They're manipulating our emotions. They're manipulating the presentation of information. And now DHS and their child group CISA through the MDM have now designated anyone who disagrees with the government to be terrorists, domestic terrorists, which means, according to some people, and at least from from what the uh, the article in at, uh, the ACLU page said, some people in Congress think that means yours are now forfeit. How? And if you don't have any rights, you're living in a fascist state. They can come and get you at any time. They can come and get me at any time. And they just say, well, according to the violation of the MDM set forth by the CISA and of DHS, you are being, you know, you are, you're being, being a. This is what. They don't even have to read you your Miranda rights. They don't have to tell you what you said, what you did. Even saying that much would be a courtesy on their part. And they can throw us in a hole in Guantanamo Bay, Cuba. And then we're there for the rest of our fucking lives. You you wouldn't even know if it was in Guantanamo Bay. Well, no, we wouldn't. We wouldn't. Somebody would. We know. would have no idea. Nobody. I mean, your family right. wouldn't. Uh, your family wouldn't know. Yep. And and with them constantly moving the goalpost, you wouldn't know that you right. tripped over the trip wire until you've tripped over the trip wire, and then all of a sudden you're detained. You. You, you wouldn't realize it until probably several months afterwards as you're sitting in solitary confinement for the past six months that you're going over every single thing you said in a public context before they slip the black bag over your head. Then you might think that's what happened. If you're paying attention like we are. How many people are out there saying shit against the vaccines and protesting against the vaccines who are now in danger of getting arrested like this who don't even know about the MDM, who don't even know that they're basically writing law without Congress. And this is one of the reasons why I say it doesn't matter what party you belong to. It doesn't matter because the, the, no. the Republicans are taking advantage of this. The Democrats are taking advantage of this. And, you know, I, I, a friend of mine from as far back as high school often says on his social media, the right wing and the left wing are two wings of the same bird. They are. They are. And and here's the thing, right? Go ahead. No, you 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 go ahead. I I I had another thought. I need to All be right. able to compose it better in before I say it. Okay. So, but but here's the thing that people really really need need to remember, right? When we talk about politics, we use a very simplistic view of politics, right wing, left wing, right? There should be another axis, right? If you look at the, I guess the x-axis goes horizontally and the y-axis goes vertically. So you look at the x-axis of the political paradigm. You've got fiscal, or, or you could look at it as um, progress and um, conservatism, right? Pro progressives, you know, or change and, well, stagnant, say it that way, right? And then you have on the y-axis at the top is authoritarian and at the bottom is anarchy. Where I sit on that is pretty close to the middle on the right, 
lower quadrant. I don't want the government dictating every aspect of my life. I want people to be able to be offended and have to deal with being offended because that means I can say what I want and so can they. They should be able to offend me just as much as I offend them. The government should stay the fuck out of my pockets as much as possible to do what they need to do. That's how I believe. That's where my my political leanings are, right? I don't believe in change for change's sake, but change needs to happen because that's that's the nature of life, right? However, because I don't believe in change for change's sake, I sit on the further right side of that paradigm. And I also sit lower towards more towards anarchy on that timeline. The freest time in the United States was when some bully with a gun could force you to do whatever you want. Freedom is dangerous, but a total authoritarian control is no better. It's no better. It's it's just a different flavor of danger that you're dealing with. The right wing and left wing of our government are both, like your friend said, they're both wings of the same bird. It's the same. They have the same goals. They're both on the on the upper portion of that paradigm. They're both authoritarian. If they didn't, they wouldn't be in government. You show me. So which flavor of authoritarianism do you like? Yeah, it's funny. It's funny. I just saw a meme that basically had said just that. It's not that you're against fascism. You're just against certain flavors of fascism. Yeah. And as we discussed. And that's what this is. As we discussed in another episode last year, the censorship that you love now will become the censorship that you hate later. It's inevitable. Yep. It's absolutely, totally inevitable that this is going to turn and it's going to get ugly and it's going to get ugly quick. It's going to get ugly fast because all of these people who seem to believe that they're they're woke enough to insulate themselves and immunize themselves from any unlawful detention are just one bad comment or half-baked thought away from being put on a fucking list. Look at Whoopi Goldberg. Look at what I mean. Whoopi Goldberg has some wonky beliefs about what caused the Holocaust. And she was suspended for two weeks because she didn't have the right group think. And she committed a thought crime on national television. I don't think that she should have been suspended. And I don't think all the other women who were fired from the view from having bad group think and committed thought crimes should have been fired. If you say something stupid or say something bad, you should be allowed to have a conversation. You should be a part of the conversation and people should be allowed to explain to you why this is bad, why this is wrong. Right. Exactly. And if you don't if you don't change your mind, that's okay. You have a right to be an ignorant idiot. Hell, I am. You know, we we all have a right. The government doesn't have a right. No one has the right to say you don't think like me, so therefore you need to get fired. This is where wokeism and cancel culture are coming to a head because the government is seizing control of it, right? And, and people are okay with it. It started with political correctness. It went to wokeism, and you've got to have all the right beliefs on everything. And now we have the MDM, misinformation, disinformation, and malinformation. Now they have better phrasing for it. But what it really boils down to is I have hurt 
that you have been saying some unflattering things about the Fjöcher. You will be coming with us now. We are seizing all your properties. We are seizing all of your assets. Do not make it worse. <laughs> that's, what... that's literally what the MDM is doing. Oh, With the MDM and the NDAA, this is where it goes. And if you're saying it won't happen, why is Justin Trudeau seizing property and assets from people who are protesting what he's saying? And again, they're not anti-vaxxers. They're saying, you don't have a right to tell me I have to take a shot. That's all they're saying. This is like... This also right. re- this also reminds me of something that I've been going through the past couple of weeks. We've been talking a lot about um, Joe Rogan and censoring podcasts and deplatforming podcasters, or the mm-hmm. or being ca- being called to remove Joe Rogan from Spotify. Um, Joe Rogan is not going anywhere. Joe Rogan is not going to be removed from st- Spotify, and if he does go s- to somewhere else. Um, he'll take he's he'll got t- plenty of options. He, he's got he's got plenty of options. Uh, I don't think that Spotify is going to pay one hundred million dollars or two hundred million dollars, whatever number they're making up this week. I don't think that Spotify is going to um, eat that cost. And if they do, I'll be very surprised. Right. But you'll you'll notice how the narrative about Joe Rogan has changed. And I'll get to my my own personal issue in a minute. First, he's spreading disinformation. Then they're going back 15, 20 years and playing things that he had said on other platforms to prove to you that he is a racist. And he has said some racist things that are appalling to me, that I'm disgusted with some of the things that he said in the past. I promise you that if you go back further enough you will find some distasteful things that Jason has said and what I have said. My wife is a yeah. saint. And, and she's, anyone has anyone. Said. I bet. Because I, that's what happens when you have a moving line of offense. I bet you that something that was common parlance when we were kids 30, 40 years ago. We used to is now extremely offensive. We used to, to make it as bad as the N word. We used to run around and calling people faggots and queers and retards with reckless abandon. And if you talk about how you used to call people faggots and queers and retards, that would get you into yep. trouble. Now we use those words yeah. with reckless abandon. If you didn't like something, Oh my God, that's so queer. Or if you like, if you did something stupid, wow, you're a retard. What a retard. Right. And it's, it's like, almost like we were free to say whatever was on our mind. It's almost as if, now, there, you can go back on social media and you could find things that I regret saying or I regret doing. You can probably find things that I said earlier on in the podcast where it's just like, I'm embarrassed by that. But I haven't pulled those shows down because, A, I'm fucking lazy and I don't want to pull those shows down. And I want to show people how I've evolved over the years. Now, one of the things that I am dealing with is that somebody that I really care about said that because I've been posting too many political links on my my Facebook page, this person has unfollowed me. This is somebody that means a lot to me. The only thing that I've posted that's political up until two weeks ago 
were links to our podcast. If if we do a show on Joe Biden and Hunter Biden's laptop, I will post a link to the episodes on my own social media page. This podcast is one of the most important things in my life. This this is almost as important to me as the pony palace where my wife and I take care of these these horses. The the if given the chance to do anything at all in the world, this is what I would be doing for the rest of my life. It would be very hard to pull me away from this microphone. This is the most important thing in my life with very few exceptions. It's not as important to me as my marriage or my relationship with my my sons. Um, but I mean, I'll I will I will postpone feeding the dogs because I'm working on something on the podcast. I, I, I totally admit that. But for me, not being able to share what it is that I'm doing with the podcast on my own Facebook profile because I'm in danger of alienating people, I might as well fucking quit. I might as well quit the podcast and social media because if I can't share the most important thing in my life with you people, you don't belong in my life and I shouldn't be doing the podcast at all anyway in the first place. But at the same time, the same person helped me get this position where I'm editing somebody else's podcast. So the second episode into it, they're talking about politics, talking about how Republicans are inherently bad, but you got to work with them. So apparently I don't have the correct group think or I am committing thought crime because I don't have the correct ideology. Even though I believe conservatives need to be called out when they've done wrong, apparently I can't call out Democrats when they've done wrong. Somehow I'm committing thought crime by right. reminding you the, people. Go ahead. The The party you can't criticize is the one you need to worry about. If I can't criticize Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and Gene Shaheen, and Maggie Hassan, when they deserve to be called out and criticized, and I only call out conservatives when they do wrong, then that means I'm a partisan hack. That's what that means. And if I can't, if I cannot talk about the most important news items of the week, what the fuck is the point in having a podcast called News of the Week? Right. That to me is bothersome. I'm expected to help this other person out with his podcast where he's talking about politics and how certain aspects of government need to change. And I, and by the way, I totally agree with the host and the guest of this episode. There are things that government needs to change to accommodate disabled people. I completely, totally admit that. Vilifying right. all of one party, I, I don't go that way. People are going to, I mean, unless something changes dramatically and people wake up and say, wait, stop. No, this is out of control. This is wrong. Things can only get worse unless we wake up and realize this is wrong. And we need to start pointing at people and saying Barack Obama was wrong for signing this. Right. Barack Obama was a monster for signing this. George W. Bush and Dick Cheney were wrong back in 2001-2002 for the Patriot Act. Hillary Clinton was wrong for going along with this and all the other things 
that happened during the Bush administration when she was a senator and everything that she was involved with when she was running for president and everything wrong that she did when she was secretary of state. You need to be able to call these people out regardless of party. Right. Because if you if you don't call them out because they belong to the correct party, throw away your microphone or just admit you are a willing whore for your political party. Right. You are a hack and a shill for a certain political party if you are not willing to criticize them when they are worthy of criticism. If you don't want to listen to my podcast because I I talk about politics in general, that's fine. That's okay. But that also means that I shouldn't be helping somebody else with their episodes where they're talking about politics. Right. If you're not allowed to talk about your own political opinions because you have the wrong opinions, that's the problem. There's no such thing as a wrong opinion. Until you get arrested for it. <laughs> no. I mean, I'm being then facetious. the arrest is wrong. Yeah. I, no, I get it. It's just it's it's frustrating to me. But what about, but what about, no, but what about nothing? There used to I have be- friends who don't believe we landed on the moon. I will ridicule them for, for it, but I don't think they should get fired. I don't think they should get arrested. I don't think they should have any negative consequences other than the other people in their lives going, really? You don't believe we landed on the moon? Oh my God. Right. You st- what? You still believe in the moon, Jay? What the fuck? Right. Or, you know, the, the flat earthers. Nothing should happen to them, you know? There's there's nothing wrong with believing any of that. Like, someone could believe, for example, that uh, the, the bottom of the ocean is filled with a hyper-advanced society. Fine, go ahead and believe that. I don't give a fuck, you know? I believe that the Republican Party is run by the... Uh, is run by a secret cabal of Nazi extremists. Fine, go ahead, believe that. You can believe anything you want. You can say anything you want. That is what the Constitution, that is what freedom is about, right? There are laws governing when you go too far. If you say too many bad things about someone else, you're either committing slander or you're committing a libel, depending if you're saying it or typing it, right? Right. There's already laws governing when you're you're abusing your rights. We don't need to infringe on those rights. You're allowed to peacefully protest your government, but apparently now as long as you are protesting for the right reasons, you can set shit on fire and try and destroy buildings and property. It used to be that that was called arson and um, destruction of property, but apparently that's now no longer a law, just like – Stealing shit is no longer a law unless it's less than unless it's over six hundred dollars. You know, oh, it's just so fucking ridiculous. It's it's awful. It's awful and it's dis- it's divisive. I'm getting so discouraged with what's happening in not just this country but really around the world. Talking to me, what's going on in Canada? The way Justin Trudeau is reacting to the convoy is shocking to me the fact that our news for the most part is not reporting it fox news is reporting it but you expect them to report it because trudeau is a darling of the left and this is something he's doing that's fucking up so they're going to they're going to cover it just because it's you know he's a left winger and it's putting anything left wing in a bad light yeah you know 
but it's still horrifying that he's doing this and he's doing this. And have you seen any of the interviews with him? Yeah. He called a Jewish member of, of the Canadian parliament, a Nazi. Laura Ingram actually discussed this on an ep- one of the most recent episodes yeah. of her show earlier this week. That, he got booed in parliament for doing that. I'm trying to figure out how is that? Okay. I'm trying to figure out how is it? Because o- he's lefty. It's okay. Cause he's a lefty. As you said earlier in this podcast, the left can say anything they want with no consequence because it's not about what you're saying. It's about who's saying it. It's pure identity politics at its absolute worst. That's all it is, plain and simple. You can't say that. I can't say that, though. Justin Trudeau can dress in blackface within the past five years, and no one's going to make any commentary about it because, you know— He's doing he's he's on the correct side, you know? Yeah. Justin Trudeau can take all of the same steps that Hitler did, and it's okay because he's on the correct side. And how dare those truckers have their own opinion and then tell other people their opinion? That's misinformation. I st- or no, excuse me, that's yeah, that's malinformation because it's factual. What there's what there's truckers are saying is factual. But it's taken out of context because they're not saying we disagree with you forcing us. They're not saying we disagree with you forcing us to do something for our own good. So that's where it becomes malinformation because they have to add that caveat on. They know that the government only has their best interests at heart. You can't say anything bad about the the vaccine. Former Forbes contributor. I was barred from publishing anything bad on Fauci. Yeah. This there was this author who had or or this reporter. I haven't had a chance to watch that one yet. There was a reporter from Forbes magazine and he had been there. Uh, I'm going to ask you to read this because the thing is, is that I don't want our listeners to die from alcohol poisoning. I'm actually sending you this guy's link. All right. I'm actually sending you the text here. Former Forbes contributor, Adam... Andrew Zuski. Oh, wow. Andrew <laughs> And take a shot. <laughs> Reveals right. how he was fired because of investigative work on Anthony Fauci on T- Tuckle Carlson tonight. All this guy did was he did his research. Now, to, to be fair and honest, or as much as possible anyway, I'm about mum- it is likely he was fired for other things, and that was the straw that broke the camel's back. Oh, that's possible. There have been a number of things. That is However, possible. However, it's very, very suspect. Right, because I can tell you I was fired for one thing and the company thinks I was fired for something else. <laughs> Are you talking about your own personal experience? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It it wasn't it wasn't that time when you called your boss a twat waffle, was it? No, that was, they were pretty clear on why they fired me for that one. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Adam Andrew Jewinsky, I, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Right. Adam Andrew Drewinsky. It's that's what that's what it looks like. It that's what his name looks like. It do, it it does. Okay. So the thing is, is it disclosure shows how Fauci's household made 1.7 million in 2020, including income, royalties, travel perks, and investment gains. This is the last article that he wrote for Forbes magazine. It's still up. It's still there. You can still click on it. I'm not sure if it's behind a paywall or not. Oh, my God. I love these fucking pop-up ads. 
nobody ever said <sighs> ever. You can actually click and listen to the article. He researched this paper and his investment income for just one year, apparently, I don't know if I'm reading this here, $794,369 in one year alone, if I'm reading this correctly. I mean, that's... If that's investment income, that's money he made off of his investments. That's just dividends. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm, 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 I'm reading this here. That's for one year. That's, that's more than three quarters of a million dollars. He wrote this article. It's published on Forbes. And then he said that because he wrote this article that they published, he was fired. Yeah, that, I don't know. That kind of seems suspect to me, but. But it seems. I mean, who the hell knows, right? They, they're in. That's part of the problem that we're talking about, though. Is who the hell knows? For all we know, he, that's exactly why he was fired, and they could have told him that to his face, and now they're going to just lie through their teeth about it. He could. You know, I mean, oh, we never said that. That's that's. Well, who are you going to believe? Right? Are you going to believe your lying eyes? Or are you going to believe me? And and what's to say that he's not going to be rendered? <laughs> by some thugs driving a white van with U.S. government plates on it and have a black hood put over his, his head. And how do we know that he's not going to be disappeared or is being fired enough? I mean, there's well, a, the, the other part of the story is he may have just decided that he was not going to get dressed to work that day. He's he, he was walking to the coffee maker wearing nothing but a pair of slippers and some old baggy, dirty um um boxer briefs box boxer shorts to the coffee maker mm -hmm. i'm sorry <laughs> this is indecent expo exposure you're fired right or we lost his temp and that's right and that's that's kind of the the dangers of this right you can't just believe what anybody says i mean it that was one of the problems with the believe women movement right women are human and humans often lie so you can't just believe a woman when she accuses somebody however you can't discount it either you have to investigate you have to look into it because men and women can be very creepy at times you know so it's 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 just a shitty fact of life that humans are often bad to each other. We do bad things to each other for no reason other than because we think we can get away with it. And that's why I don't trust the government because the government is entirely run by people. And people generally are pretty bad, right? Yeah. That doesn't mean that everyone in politics is a bad person. It just means that the more you're in politics, the more likely you are to do something bad because you're human and you make mistakes and then when you make a mistake especially if you're under the public scrutiny you don't want people to know you made a mistake and then you do worse things trying to cover up the bad thing you did initially right oh absolutely you know i'm not saying that these people are bad but when you when you're in a situation like that oftentimes you make bad decisions and then you become a bad person over time after a history of making bad decisions for bad reasons, you know, it's just, it's, and then you have these people that you and I have discussed this ad nauseum that they just follow along with whatever they say. Oh, they would never do that. 
Yes, they would. You know, like those people that that were so vehemently defending, um, what's his name, the actor, um, Kevin Spacey. Yeah. He's a good actor. He could never hurt a child. Well, except, yeah, he could because he's also a human, and humans do bad things with alarming frequency. I'm going to use that. I could not have possibly have left the seat up because I'm such a good podcaster. Right? It's, it's People are human. People screw things up all the time. It's not always malicious. Frequently it isn't, but sometimes it is. You know, and, and that's part of where all the vitriol comes in, right? You've got the right accusing the left of wanting to be Nazis and the left accusing the right of being Nazis. And the truth of the matter is most of them are just angry and pissed off over something and they didn't handle it very well. You know, I'm not going to get angry at someone because they got mad and made a dumb decision because I've done that several times in my life. Doesn't mean I'm going to absolve them of the consequences either. You know, and you've got this growing resentment, like the people of San Francisco basically voted a bunch of people off of the school board because they're like, you people are fucked in the head and we don't want you running our schools anymore. And then I think it was a someone in the the mayoral administration basically said that San Francisco is being infiltrated by right wing Nazis. And that's the only reason why those people were voted off. It's like, no, it's because they went too far with shit. And that's okay. You can go too far and then suffer the consequences. And it doesn't mean the other people are bad people. It just means they're correcting you. It's a course correction. Oh, and the thing is, is that there is going to be a red wave this November if everything keeps going the way that things are going. Republicans are probably going to take back the House, maybe even the Senate. Let me ask you this. I'm going to throw this wrench into the works. Sure, always. What if there isn't? That's a tough, that's, I don't know if I want to talk about, like, <laughs> if that if that happens or not. Well, that's, it's it's a very, it's something we have to think about. What if there isn't a, what if there isn't a red tide? What if the left gangs ground? I think that if there isn't a course correction, I think that we're fucked. Yeah, but what does it mean, right? Could you what actually is, could you actually look at this and say, "Holy shit, this is fucking rigged." Could you actually say that after what's been going on for the past 2 years since Biden was elected? I'm just looking at the time here. I'm going to have to break this up into two shows. Yeah. I You look at this, you look at what's happened since Biden was elected. Or took office. Let's dial it back and go as far back as the October surprise of 2020. And how you're not allowed to talk about certain topics that could hurt a specific candidate from a specific party. And people say they've had enough. And they look at how things have been getting progressively worse since then. I think that that was the tipping point. I think that when you were not allowed to talk about how you're not allowed to talk about Hunter Biden's laptop and how it got in the hands of the FBI and Rudy Giuliani, I think that that was the point where it's like you can look and say, OK, things are out of control. Right. But now. With all of the questions that went on with 
the last election and the government doing absolutely nothing about it. They have done shit to correct it. They've pointed a lot of fingers. They've made a lot of noise, but they haven't done a goddamn thing except now you, we have the MDM act so that if you're talking about it, they can arrest you. Right. Yes. What happens if what everyone's everyone, everyone is expecting a red tide. Any everyone in politics, CNN is talking about it. They're expecting a red tide. You know, unless we can do something about unless Joe Biden can do something about the economy, blah, 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 this and the other thing, we, we, it's probably going to happen. That's how they're phrasing it. Right. So if the red tide doesn't happen, if the economy is say we start paying a dollar fifty a gallon for gas and people are starting to get hired and all this other kind of shit, then that would be understandable. But considering nothing changes, gas prices continue to climb, cost of living continue, the um, the value of the dollar inflation continues to rise at the way it's been going by November and we don't get a red tide and we get more seats in the Democrat Party. What do we do? I... <sighs> I don't think that there's anything that you can do without talking about taking action that is just going to just perpetuate the problem and just create this positive loop. You look at what happened to the truckers in Canada. You look at the people who said, we're not going to take this shit anymore and drove to Ottawa and blocked the roads in Ottawa. And they clogged up the city for almost two weeks before Trudeau instituted martial law. Now those people are considered terrorists. Yep. So it's sort of like if you're accused of doing something wrong and you didn't do anything wrong and you're going to suffer the consequences for an act that you didn't commit, there's a part of your reptilian brain who's going to say, well, if I'm going to be considered an outlaw and I've done nothing wrong and I'm going to suffer the consequences, I might as well become an outlaw. Right. If I was accused of stealing a cookie from the cookie jar and I'm going to suffer the consequences of stealing a cookie from the cookie jar, even though I didn't, I might as well steal from the cookie jar now. Well, that's the danger. That's 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 the monster people enough. Right. Those are the when monsters you people enough. They're going to they're going to stop caring about your opinion. And now with these changes, with the MDM. And the NDAA and the big goose egg that's being done about it, all it's going to take is for a few high-profile people. Suddenly, Joe Rogan disappears off the face of the earth, for example. What's going to happen? What would happen? A bunch of people are going to take that the worst possible way, you know, because that's how it is. Don't know what to say. Well, it's because we're we because we, we, we are creating fucking monsters out of ordinary hard-working people we are creating terrorists out of people who are just going about their business and who have basically had enough and they they have right. to they want they have to do something as a protest they protest which is their constitutional right i'm not sure about the with the the constitutional rights of like Canadian citizens. I don't know about the, like their laws, but I can only assume they have a constitution similar to ours where they have the right to protest. I don't know that they do. 
And by protesting, by simply by peacefully protesting, you and I may not disagree if whether or not uh, blocking traffic on a bridge is legal or moral or not. I think that when you went, it's it's an act of nonviolence. I consider I think that I mean, I think that blocking the highway or blocking the bridge is an act of nonviolence. And I mean, it's it's wrong. I agree. It's not violent. It's still the wrong thing to do. It's still the wrong thing to do. But the thing is, is that when you've ignored people and you've maligned people for so long and you've called these people all this, these, this, all these horrible names and you ignore them and then they protest peacefully and this protest goes on for two weeks and then you call them terrorists and then you call them criminals. Well, then what? What course of redress do they have next? Because desperate people do desperate things. And they're pushing them. They're pushing pushing them. them. Taking emergency powers was the absolute worst thing that Justin Trudeau could have done. It is the worst possible thing he could have done. It's, it's, he's using, (laughs) he's using a 10 pound sledgehammer to try and get a push pin into the wall. Yeah. This is nothing more than an excuse to seize power from a man who has admitted he actually admires dictatorships. That's great. It's, it's and insane. And laments that he's not a dictator. It's insane. What's insane is anyone thinking this is a good guy. This is not a good guy. If Justin Trudeau gets reelected, he is going to seize power. He is going to become a dictator, period, because that's the direction he's been going with his rhetoric and with his actions. Yeah. And I can't imagine how this is going to be resolved peacefully now, because when you start seizing people's property and you make desperate people, you take away the means of their livelihood, then what? And the things that they've worked hard for. These people showed up for a peaceful protest. They protested peacefully. It was huge inconvenient for the people of Ottawa. I completely, totally understand that. But they were pushed to the point where what else were they going to do when they're against the mandates and they were they were vilified by the people who are supposed to represent them? What else are they supposed to do? What else did you expect them to do? And now that these people are going to be fined hundreds of thousands of dollars, they may wind up losing their their rigs they're going to lose their livelihood you also have gofundme seize their assets seize the donations and now this other um what's what's the other the other alternative to gofundme well it doesn't matter they didn't list out gofundme in particular they said crowdsourcing now now And 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 any cryptocurrency which is going to be fun for them to I had to see them implement because cryptocurrency is a double blind. You don't know who you're giving money to and no one else does either. So it's going to be interesting to see how they figure out a way to try and actually trace that stuff. That's the point of cryptocurrency. However, crowdfunding, it's not just GoFundMe. It's any crowd for crowdfunding. If you're going out on the street taking donations, that's crowdfunding. They've just basically made tips illegal. You can't busk on the streets anymore because that's crowdfunding. They're not very particular or very specific on what they're defining as those things. And as you and I have spent this entire episode discussing, that's when you get trouble. 
because now they can change whatever that means at any point in time. At a Crowdfunding is getting money from the group, from a crowd. That means tips. That means um, any like Kickstarter or GoFundMe or any of those pages, right? Or any of those businesses. That's what they're making illegal. Not just illegal, but free for them to for- to seize. I have one more thing to say. This is total fascism. This is total fascism. Now, here's what's what's going to cause an absolute total perfect storm within the next couple of weeks. We have all this set up. If you say anything that the government does not like and you call attention to yourself, you could be charged for terrorism. They've made it so that podcasting could be considered a form of terrorism against the establishment. Now we're on the brink of a war with Ukraine. Well, technically with Russia, technically, technically with, with, with Russia. We're not, we're not going to war with you, Ukraine. We're going to war over Ukraine against Russia. Right. Okay. This, this is Barack Obama. Hey, Joe, the eighties called, they want their foreign policy back. Exactly. Now what what's going to happen when you have people like myself who have sons who are over the age of 18 and say, I don't want them to go and fight this bogus war that is concocted by the mainstream media and the establishment and Joe Biden. Because a lot of this has to do with the fact that Joe Biden's son had a very sketchy job working for Burisma and the, and, and the Ukraine government. And there was obvious corruption going on there. Obviously, they paid to have direct access to the vice president and the president at, at the time. Donald Trump had said, hey, maybe we should look into this. And he was impeached for that. Okay? Keep that in the background. Yeah. Meanwhile, also still keep in the background, Julian Assange has been arrested but not tried and not convicted. There's not been a trial. He has been detained indefinitely. Joseph Snowden, for leaking documents, is still in exile. Keep all those in mind at the same time. We have been pushing the the, the envelope with NATO. We've been expanding NATO time and time again. And apparently we had a treaty with Russia. We had an agreement with Russia after the fall of the Soviet Union. We would not expand NATO. And we have done nothing but expand NATO in Europe since the fall of the Iron Curtain back in 1990, 91. Okay? Yeah. We, we, we have done to Russia what the Russians tried to do with us with nuclear missiles in Cuba. We, we now have missiles that are closer to the Soviet Union or the former. So that's how old I am. I'm still calling them the Soviet Union. We have more <laughs> missiles that are closer to Moscow than the missiles in in Cuba were to Washington, D.C. We've done to them what we would not allow them to do to us as a part, which led to the Cuban Missile Crisis. So now we're the bad guys. Now, well, it's all a matter of perspective. By saying that... I understand that, but what I'm saying is we put missiles in an area we could easily reach their capital. Yes. That makes us the aggressors, i.e., we are guys. acting aggressively towards Russia. Meanwhile, our media has been publishing bullshit about Russia Gate 
and how Russia tried to sway the election. Let's not forget that the United States through the CIA and the NSA have been trying to influence elections all over the world since the end of World War II. Right. That's not a conspiracy theory. That's a conspiracy fact. We have been using propaganda and black ops to sway elections in other countries, including Russia. Again, right. not a conspiracy theory, a conspiracy fact. We have conspired to commit these crimes and aggressions on other countries. They do the same to us. Oh, clutch my pearls. So we're right. we, so we failed in Iraq. We failed in Afghanistan. Before that, we failed in Vietnam. What makes us think that we are going to be successful in a war against Russia? And if and if we declare war on Russia, who's to say that China isn't going to declare war on us? We cannot fight another world war against Russia and China simultaneously. The only way that we could win this war is through weapons of mass destruction such as atomic warfare by right. me saying that this 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 war could be illegal and immoral i could be committing an act of treason i look at this and i say this is insanity we failed horribly in vietnam iraq and afghanistan now we're going to pick a fight with russia and china we are fucking insane we are insane and this is this could quite possibly end in a nuclear or biological or both warfare well on a less doom and gloom front it could also signify the end of the international goodwill that the united states has enjoyed since world war ii yeah this is i think that this is the beginning of the end and it scares me to say that Jay, I'd like to thank you for a terrific episode, but this is going to keep me up at nights. <laughs> I, I will talk to you later, my friend. All right. Have a good one, dude. Congratulations on surviving another episode of the Thor Chronicles radio show. Find out more about the Fedora Chronicles by visiting our website, thefedorachronicles.com. That's where you can find our show notes, past episodes, and articles. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram by simply searching for us on those platforms. Don't forget to join our group on Facebook and follow us on Twitter so that you can keep up with what we will be talking about in the next episode. Facebook, Twitter, and our email address, Chronicle at google.com, are great ways to drop us a line with your comments and show topic suggestions. And if it's any good, we promise we will read your comment on the air. Support the show by contributing to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Fedora Chronicles. For a mere dollar a month, you get early access to the podcast, updates on what we're doing, and for $5 a month, you get all that and a t-shirt and coffee mug of your choice. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you to all of our listeners who are already contributing. You can also support the show and show off your incredible, impeccable taste by buying our merch at zazzle.com slash store slash Chronicles. The theme songs for the show are Royal Flush and Black Cabaret 
by Olive Music. All other music on the show is listed on the show page and has been provided to us by Premium Beats from Shutterstock. Copyright The Fedora Chronicles 2020. All rights reserved. On behalf of my co-host Jason and I, this is Eric Renner King Fisk signing off and reminding you to keep your chins up and your fedoras on. <laughs>